Welcome to Procrastination Planet, where we should be writing, but... We're back, everybody. I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Donna Hart. And welcome to another Zoom edition of Procrastination Planet. Today, we're going to talk about costumes and fashion that we see in movies, TV, and documentaries, whatever. So today is going to be the costume porn edition of Procrastination Planet. I've got my Diet Coke because I'm a basic bitch. Yeah. And let's see. Um, okay, so a long time ago during a... Yeah, I can't even speak straight today. It's been a while since I've been on the mic. Hey, Carly, can I ask you a question? Sure. When did fashion first appear on your radar? I was just gonna, I was just gonna get to that. <laughs> um, I think I was always interested in costumes when I was a kid. <laughs> Probably, I would say like third grade. Wow. I was always designing clothes for my Barbies. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was always making outfits. I was designing clothes. I didn't know how to make tiny little stitches for all the intricate Barbie designs, Mm -hmm. but um, my grandma would have like fabric scraps from like some of her costuming stuff that she would do. And so I would kind of artfully wrap and tie and cut and whatever I had to do. So early draping. Oh yes. Early draping. Yes. Sometimes I would take paper and make costumes as well. Little did I know that that was a fashion design technique in the 60s during the youth quake. (laughs) Yeah, so basically during my misspent youth, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And I didn't end up making a career of it. That was kind of a dream deferred sort of thing. But Did you kind of go to fashion school? Yeah, I did that. But fashion design these days, it's not really all that glamorous because you're really just making knockoffs of each other's shit. Mm Hmm. And it's really kind of depressing when you think about it. And it's basically kind of glorified data entry unless, you know, know, you've been there for a long ass time and you finally work your way up the ladder. Mm -hmm. But it's not what I dreamed of as a kid. Have you ever done any um, internships or anything like that? Yeah, I did that. And that's That's... when I learned Ah. that it's not something I wanted to do. It wasn't what I thought it would be. So I just kind of make my own stuff at home and sell it on Etsy. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so first on my list of favorite costumes, Mm -hmm. casino. Oh, man, that's been mine. Oh, cool. We could talk about it together. (laughs) It's the spiritual successor of Goodfellas, which is only my favorite movie of all time that I've watched at least 672 times now. That's right. (laughs) Janice Rossi is a whore. Mm-hmm. Janice Rossi is a whore. Mr. Superintendent, you got a whore living in your apartment. Get your own man. Get your own damn man. <laughs> Karen, she's wild. She'll kill Karen. you. She'll shoot you. Yeah. Karen. 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 It's all in your head, Karen. <laughs> okay, so... um. The costumes in Casino were courtesy of Rita Ryak, who also designed for the Hairspray remake, Rock of Ages, which I haven't seen, um, Crossing Delancey, if we're going to go for an 80s throwback reference. 
and that was much really much a more fashion strong movie though no crossing delancey was not a fashion strong movie it was more of your god that's kind of a comfort it yeah i can't speak straight today it's kind of one of those comfort movies you just kind of watch it and you have your popcorn or your comfort snacks and your blanket kind of. it's, a, hmm? it's a romantic comedy yeah yeah you have it with your tea and your blanket hair mm-hmm. gorgeous oh yeah but we digress. Casino. Yes, just just a teensy bit. You know, I wrote down cocktail dresses. Cocktail dresses were just really featured in that movie, and you just saw all kinds of beautiful, glimmery cocktail dresses. That scene where she's wearing her little hair back in a headband. Oh my cocktail god! Dress, and she throws those chips up. Oh, is that the one? She's is that the maxi dress that she's got on the embroidered one? Uh, no, it's like some silver glittery. Uh, halter style dress. Oh yeah. This is when he sees her for the first time. And, okay, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a mini dress with. Um, was that a mini dress with go-go boots? There's so many costume yeah. changes in that one. Yes. Yeah, the silver dress, the go-go boots. Uh huh. The big hair. The big hair swept back with a headband. That was '60s. And then she goes through these different uh, stages in her dress towards the end where she has like, like that Mrs. Brady hair bob. Oh my bobbed. God. That mullety shag. Yeah. That was, oh, that was like, so horrible. That why was a terrific you do that, thing. Sharon Stone you're, or Ginger, whatever your name is. Her <laughs> hair was so beautiful before. And then that shag. Ah, I know she was the whore with the heart of tin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Those costumes kind of showed her downward spiral kind of thing. Yeah. So I was going to say that those leather pants at the end kind of reminded me of Finola Hughes's pleated pants in Staying uh, Alive. Yes. They were pleated and they're all baggy in the seat because she was uh, doing so much coke that she just got way too skinny. You know, those things have got to be sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, God. Back in the late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, I went through my whole leather pants phase. Let's be real, pleather pants, because I couldn't afford the actual leather pants. But right. I had so many shiny, shiny, God, I had some black pleather pants. I had some gold leopard. No. Lame. No, let's back up. Not gold lame, but it was like this gold snakeskin print. Huh. This gold and black snakeskin print. I had some hot pink leather pants. I had some dark purple ones that were almost a dark blue. I think I may have had some like tan pleather pants, but mine were not baggy in the seat. Mine were like sprayed on. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It, the late 90s, early 2000s was a very sweaty synthetic fabric era. That was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Rayon. Yes, the spray on pants era. An electric blue. <laughs> that blue, that electric blue of the 80s. Oh, yeah. would wear in their pantsuits, and it would just be this shocking blue. Oh, my God. I want to bring that back. <laughs> I like that electric blue. Yeah. I think I had some mascara that was electric blue back in the I day. I did, too, because I thought if I wore electric blue mascara, my eyes would look more blue. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're a couple of brown-eyed gals, and we're trying to trick people into thinking we have blue eyes. Yeah, that, I thought it would just kind of give, like, this blue haze around my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> we had so many people fooled. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, Casino is one of those. I'm, I would just watch it for the costumes alone. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd watch it for the ultra-violence, ultra but also the costumes. 
God, there was a few brocade maxi dresses in that. Yes. I think I have a couple of brocade maxi dresses in my own closet. Oh. I had to bust those out. And there was a little blue mini dress she wore with go-go boots as well. Hmm. I'm trying to find the picture of it because I wanted to put it on the um, podcast website, but I cannot find a still photo of it anywhere to save my life. Oh. That's giving me a big sad. Well, and, and she also wore those furs. She had a lot of furs. Oh, yeah. Naughty. You're not supposed to wear fur, but just the look of fur, if it's fake fur or whatever, I like the look of a fur coat. Oh, yeah. The, the chubby, like the rabbit chubby coat. <laughs> Stuck right at the waist. Yes. <laughs> that, that's like your 70s hooker coat. It is a, definitely a hooker coat. Uh-huh. But it was also in the original Saturday Night Fever. Oh, yeah. Annette had one yeah, of those. Annette had a... One of those chunky fur. Okay, Tony, I think I'll make it with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's got the rabbit chubby coat and then like the handful of rubbers. Oh, God. So sad. (laughs) I know. I was was cringing so hard for her. Yeah. Okay. And so then I got a bit of trivia from what you call it. Casino? Yeah. Ah. A bit of casino trivia per IMDb. Apparently, De Niro had 70 costume changes, and then Sharon Stone had about 40. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a shit ton of costume changes, because apparently the real Ace, or Ace, Ace, the real Ace Rothstein, well, he was based on a a real-life character, but but the real-life guy was a flashy dresser as well, Mm -hmm. and apparently, God, um, I think he was a total pain in the ass to his tailor. His tailor's like, oh my God, he's hella super picky. And like, he would go in like every week for like eighth inch adjustments. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> he was like super anal retentive. And yes, I do believe that good fit matters, but that was a little bit extra. And it's like, oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure his tailor charged like a motherfucker for that too. It's like, okay, you want that eighth inch tuck? Fine, you can have your eighth inch tuck. It's going to be another hundred dollars for this. But grit his teeth and collect the money, I'm sure. And then um, apparently De Niro wanted to use the same tailor. <laughs> you know, because he's like, I think he does like method acting or something. I can't keep track of who's a method actor and who's just an asshole. But I think he's on the method actor side. And then I think the tailor was kind of dreading him coming in too. Because then he'd be living the whole Ace Rothstein nightmare all over again. Yeah. But um, they apparently went through the archives of his old shirt maker I don't know if the shirt maker and the tailor are one and the same. Don't nobody quote me on that. But um, they went through like the shirt maker archives and then all of De Niro's shirts in the movie are faithful reproductions of them. So I thought that was a pretty cool little bit of trivia. Yeah, those, those pastel suits were pretty cool. And then he had those shiny yeah. shoes to mm-hmm. match the pastel shoes. Oh, yeah. And you got to have the exact same number of blueberries in each muffin. That's right. Well, your suits look like an ice cream parlor from hell. Yeah. And also, I'm trying to get my hands on the um, the Gucci dressing gown that Sharon Stone wears at the end when she's stumbling down the seedy motel hallway and dying of a hot dose. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to wear the Carol Brady hair that she was rocking. Yeah, see, but... she almost deserves to die with that Carol Brady I know! <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. I would have given myself a hot dose, too, if I had that hair. Oh. I'm like, fuck that shit. That was some cocaine hair. That was a cocaine haircut is what it was. (laughs) All right. So what's on your list? All right. Well, I just also wanted to talk a little bit about my first 
fashion on the radar. Sure. And that was hanging out with my best friend in her bedroom and reading Teen Magazine. <gasps> oh, my God. And it wasn't Seventeen. It was just Teen Magazine. I had Teen Magazine and YM. Yeah. And I really would look forward to the back-to-school issues and the advice columns and the celebrity boys. <gasps> the non-threatening and boys. And then all those ads of Love's Baby Soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember those Barbizon ads. Oh, yeah. So you could be, be a, a model, model or just look like one. Yeah. I think almost every teen girl kind of fell for that, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that scam. Yeah. I remember um, like, like late 80s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s, going back to um, back to school in junior high, plaid was a big thing for some reason. Sure. And so all of the back to school stuff, I just, oh my God, I love the way they did the photo shoots of the fashion. It was just like these random piles of clothes just kind of artfully splayed out. Huh. And I wanted to kind of recreate that look. It's like I wanted to pretend that I had the wardrobe that was worthy of being in a magazine. So uh-huh. I would just kind of go through my closet and call through what kind of um, fits that aesthetic and mm-hmm. then see what I have to buy in order to fill in those gaps. But of course ah. I had to thrift it all out because sure. I was broke. Yeah. 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 This is junior high was a little bit before grunge became the thing. So it wasn't okay to shop thrift. Well, there's two movies that are very thrift friendly and that was 1985's Destri- Desperately Seeking Susan. <gasps> oh my God. And Pretty in Pink. Oh, yes. And Pretty in Pink was in 1986. And both movies kind of showed like what it's like to be a, a poor girl. You know, you're no, you didn't have Halston. You had these, mm-hmm. you know, the whole underwear on the outside, your bra showing, uh, street fashion, vintage clothing, and remaking said vintage clothing. So you had to have some sewing skills, girl. And yes. so you would like, I had a girlfriend that would took a, a vintage dress and then she cut it in half and made a blouse and skirt out of it. Oh, you know? wow. And that was, remember when in the end of Pretty in Pink where she makes her own prom dress, you know, it was terrible prom dress. But. It was horrible. And I yeah. feel like um, she and Ione were um, totally ride or die for each other because I would not have forgiven her for fucking up that dress. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. those two are meant to be married. I know, she put on dolman sleeves. It's like, what the heck? Dolman sleeves and this cold shoulder business and yeah, uh, yeah. It was supposed to be like this masterpiece thing, mm-hmm. you know, a stunning thing. But oh my god, it was terrible. Yeah, it was. Um, I would say it's a potato sack, and I want to think of something more original to say about it. But that dress does not deserve a more original metaphor or simile or any of that. Fuck it, it's a potato sack from hell. Did you ever do the Madonna thing? Yes, I was such a Madonna wannabe. It was ridiculous. Although my grandma did not let me hoochie it up like Madonna because, you know, I was still in grade school and everything. But still, I would like mismatch my socks and I would just I would just throw some random shit together and think I was being Madonna ish. Yeah, I would like put on different type different colored earrings or something, you know, mismatch my <laughs> earrings. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I'm super edgy with my mismatched earrings and my mismatched yeah. socks and my big bow in my hair, uh-huh. a big bow in my fucking Dorothy Hamill haircut. <laughs> yeah. The eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I was peak Madonna. Although I was allowed to dress as Madonna for Halloween. 
I wore a dog collar once. <laughs> oh my God. I used to date a guy in high school who um, wore a choke chain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I bet he was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Super edgy. So what do you have next? Okay. So I'm going to be super predictable. Next on my list is breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. My hashtag problematic fave. It would have been a good movie if Mickey Rooney was not playing Mr. Yunioshi, but that was a rant for a whole different episode a long ass time ago. You know, they could cut that whole thing out and the movie would still be just fine. Amen to that. Okay, so Audrey Hepburn's wardrobe was courtesy of Givenchy, or do you say Givenchy? I don't know. My French isn't. Givenchy. Givenchy. Wee wee. That's right. Okay, so we've offended all of our French listeners, and that's okay. And we offended Holly. Yep. So I think she's barking at either a delivery person or someone who has the nerve to walk around and exist in the neighborhood. I don't know. She's kind of in a pissy mood. Or maybe she is saying that I should not be talking shit about French people. I don't know. So, of course, Breakfast at Tiffany's was all about the little black dress, There's like so many variations of the little black dress. There's like a couple of floor length versions. There was the classic knee length version. During my first go round in college, I was um, thrifting again. But of course, I super wanted to be Audrey Hepburn. I mean, who doesn't want to be Audrey Hepburn when they're in high school and early college? So um, I had a whole bunch of thrift store costume jewelry that I would kind of throw together with some like ross discount version of my little black dress and then i had um oh god what was it okay so um i had my notes but anyway and my little holly dolly distracted me but that's okay she's my baby girl she's allowed to she's been a little bit mopey since um since we lost charlie so i figure as long as she's she's up and she's spirited i'm like okay at least she's not moping around if she's pissy it's better than being mopey Okay, so anyway, um, where was I? Little black dress. Oh, yeah, little black dress, my thrift store jewelry, my first go-around in college, just kind of fucking around. And I mean, God, that's like the ultimate time just to fuck around and find your style. Yeah. Yeah, you're young, you can get away with things not matching and whatever. So if I have any listeners that that are young and whatnot, enjoy that shit, seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh, and speaking of college... So I have to do a big flex because when I was fucking around my first go around in college, I didn't really have a lot of focus. I was just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up Uh and I got my diploma in the mail last week and turns out I graduated magnum cum laude or is it it magnum cum laude? My major wasn't Latin. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, if I had focused a little more during my first go around in college, I probably would have had summa cum laude. But, you know, okay. I'm not going to gripe too hard. <laughs> I went from flailing about to having a bunch of Latin under my degree, so. All right. You get to put that in your resume. That's right. My big flex. Yeah, I put that shit on my resume, too. I'm like, okay, bachelors, class of 2020, magnum cum laude, bitches. So I'm all... italics or with some gold, golden, you know, <laughs> shiny font. Just get, like, those MySpace blingies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... um. I seem to recall back in the day, I had like a big wide brim black hat too. I think it was a straw hat rather than like the nice 
felt hat that she wore, mm-hmm. but whatever. I was going for the whole mood. And then big sunglasses, of course, have been a staple in my wardrobe ever since. And I'm coveting that orange trench coat that she wears when they're shopping at Tiffany's and they're shoplifting from the dime store. But I want that trench coat to this day. Yeah. I want a baby blue trench coat. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah. I think you could wear baby blue. Yeah. Ooh, and I got a book back in the day too in in my 20s when I was going to design school. Um, It's called Audrey Style. Yeah, it was kind of chronicling Audrey Hepburn's style over the years. Mm -hmm. And they're also... um, makeup tutorials on how to duplicate her various looks. So you better believe I completely tried to duplicate all of her makeup looks. Well, I know you're really good with the cat eye. I know you can pull Thank that Thank you. I have to practice my lashes. I'm taking advantage of the Rona time to try and practice my lashes. Not today, obviously, because I just said fucking... We're lucky I moisturized today. <laughs> but I kind of want to go back to wearing tiaras as well. She wore a tiara in a few of those party scenes, especially the party scene where um, she's like wearing that pink dress. Yeah. That was kind of... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think you should go and wear that tiara when you get your driver's license picture. I will do that when I get my... When I have to retake that picture. You know, I seem to recall the early 2000s was kind of the thing where people were wearing tiaras ironically or something. Uh, Daytime tiaras. Wasn't that a thing? I don't know. I mean, I think a tiara is like your bachelorette party or something like that. Okay. I I just wore one all the fucking time. (laughs) And then prom girls started wearing their tiaras. You know, I think it was kind of like a backlash if they weren't chosen to be the prom queen. Mm -hmm. But fuck that. It didn't matter. I'm wearing my tiara. (laughs) Holly's chiming in on tiara stuff. She's like, I'm the princess. No one wears a tiara but me, bitches. (laughs) But yeah, I seem to recall daytime tiara-ing. Back in my misspent youth. Guy, it's been a while. So let's see. I did all of my breakfast at Tiffany's stuff. So what's next on your list? Um, well, I just want to give a shout out to a book that was very influential to me. Ooh. But it kind of takes me down a somewhat dark path. So It's if, the time um, of the Rona and the apocalypse. Let's get dark. Okay. <laughs> so this book is a book that I found as a kid. Must have been about 12 when I found it in the library. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Scavulu on Beauty. You know it? Are you familiar with it? It sounds familiar. Uh, so it's the fashion photographer of the 70s and 80s of Francesco Scavulu. And Ooh. he has taken pictures of like the famous Brooke Shields when she was a child with makeup on. And Kim Basinger, Jerry Hall, Margot <sighs> Hemingway, Iman, Lauren what? Hutton. Just look, just Google him when you get a chance. He's, he's done, you know, everybody. And it's a book. And I thought, oh, this book's going to give me beauty tips. I, I, it's going to show me how to do my hair and makeup and stuff, you know, Ooh. as a 12-year-old. So I, I bring mm-hmm. it home. And all it really was was different um, fashion photos of these celebrities at the time. You know, it was in 1976 when it was published. So uh, what it had was these in-depth interviews of these like Jerry Hall and... Mm-hmm. Um, there was one I particularly recall giving bad advice and that I think it was, uh, Carol Kane giving advice that she just eats cake for lunch because cake makes her feel lighter than if she would have eaten uh, a sandwich or something. <laughs> I think there's something to that. Just say, <laughs> so she can't eat cake. Yeah. She eats angel food cakes because that makes her feel light and airy. And it's like, Oh, that was, that was like, <laughs> I kind of clumped onto that because I love sugar. So it was like, mm-hmm. 
bad advice. But I guess the dark part of that is is little Brooke Shields. Uh, oh yeah, she, her mom was like yeah, selling ew. that shit, you know. And yeah, that was some that, that was some creepy baby shit. and blue the mm-hmm. and she's like this underage thing, you know. But yeah, he he photographed her. Uh, well, she as a ten year old topless with Oops. all this like glamour makeup on. It was kind of creepy. The seventies oh. were really creepy in that regard. The seventies were it very like, creepy in that regard. Like there's like a bunch of really cool glamorous shit, but then there was just some really dark push the envelope. Yeah. Like um, okay, I'm. I don't know how to say this without sounding like one of those um, conservatives. It's like, oh, the sexual revolution was a bad thing, but because the sexual revolution wasn't a bad thing in and of itself. But I think a lot of creepers were kind of using that as an excuse. Yes, they were kind to of really indulge the creepiness. The thing. Yeah, yeah, and so they were kind of using that as an excuse, like like a lot of these rock stars and their underage groupies and yes, that was Brooke Shields thing. being sexualized at 10. Yeah. It was just like, ugh. Yeah, and so like in 1976, there was also that movie Lipstick. Uh-huh, Mariel Hemingway. Margot Hemingway was supposed okay. to be the big breakout star because then, she was already a model, but then her sister got all the attention, Muriel uh-huh. got all the attention, and her career really went far. But yeah. she was cast in Woody Allen's Manhattan as a child lover of his in the movie. That's just yeah. gross. That's he's, he's just, ugh. Woody Allen is canceled. He's just, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But he was fashionable in the 70s. I know. Now we know why. Because of the creep times. Yeah. It was just a creepy time. Uh-huh. Creepy time with cocaine and really cool fashion. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god! So speaking of, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna lighten this shit up because um, what I did. Oh my god! So I'm um, speaking of the 70s. I'm gonna jump out of order on my list. Okay. Because um, because we got a segue, we got a segue, and I don't think I can think of a clever theme song for the segue. Okay. Um, we got we have party on Garth. <laughs> I know party on Wayne, party on Garth. <laughs> Fuck it, it's the Rona. There are no rules. Except wash your hands and mask up, motherfuckers. So, um, there's a documentary on Halston on Prime. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh my God, all of the clothes that he has, I forgot how awesome his fashion was. Because, um, like, he would cut... Yeah, I can't speak straight. Ugh. He would cut everything on the bias. And so, you had all these clothes that just kind of mold yourself or that mold themselves to you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, I want to be all glamorous and seventies like that. Glamorous yeah. and seventies without the creepiness. Like, um, God, that would have been a good time to be flat chested, you know? Cause I barely have any tits and I'm like an aspiring B cup these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B cup on a good day. And I thought, oh my God, I need to, be, I need to go back to the seventies. Cause then I don't gotta yeah. be busty. Then you're fine. Yeah. Anyway, who needs who needs a lot of tits when you have a great ass like mine? But that would be the only thing I would hate about the seventies is because nobody would appreciate my ass. I would no, have they pressure. Did not have in the seventies, it wasn't yeah. an issue. Yeah, that was a pancake ass era. Yeah, it wasn't even really like they, people didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I don't I don't got a lot of boobs. I'm pretty leggy for a short broad, 
I could have been 70s. I mean, that was kind of like when um, Diana Ross really shined because when um, she was in the Motown days in um, in the 60s, you're still you still kind of had to be curvy. Mm-hmm. So she was constantly being padded. Ah, I didn't know. But then with all of that 70s fashion, she didn't have to be because you know, she's you know long and willowy and she's not hourglass or anything like that. What was that but movie where she was a fashion designer? Mahogany. 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 Oh my God. I'm a winner, baby. <laughs> and she designed all of her own. She designed all of her own clothes in that too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But, um, all of that seventies fashion really did a lot for her figure too. She was just like, you know, flat and long and willowy and everything just kind of hung off her so beautifully. Yeah. And she just worked it. Yeah. It was all about the drape back then. Uh-huh. Yeah. All those Halston clothes too were all about the drape as well. And, you know, a lot of people will think of like cheesy disco and bell bottoms and Brady Bunch orange kind of shit, but there was a lot of glamour with the seventies. Like there was that kind of forties nostalgia, like the forties nostalgia, thirties nostalgia, as far as fashion goes. Cause you had like the great Gatsby revival, you had Bonnie and Clyde platform shoes were an inspiration from the forties. Yes. So there, there's some hella glamorous shit there. Although, you know how everything gets updated and, and back then in the seventies, it was like macrame. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I was watching, so I was watching this Halston documentary and then I remembered, it made me remember of how obsessed I used to always be with seventies kind of socialites in the studio 54 jet set kind yeah. of crew, like Marisa Berenson. I was super obsessed with her. Um, She was in a lot of these beauty books, kind of used as an example for um, various makeup looks. God. Yeah. And she was in Cabaret. She's super glamorous in Cabaret. And she's like one of the few people who can get away with wearing super skinny eyebrows. Yeah. I remember her. She played the wife. um, I a picture of her. Okay. The newlywed Jewish couple. Not ringing a bell. They were. um, Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. and their dog, yeah, yeah. their dog got killed when the Nazis started taking over and whatnot. But yeah, she was one of the few. I think she's one of the few people who can get away with wearing super skinny eyebrows and not look yeah. crazy. She has a nice high forehead. Mm-hmm. Oh God, just those big eyes and that high forehead and just perfectly symmetrical features. But she was just super glamorous, and she wore yeah, a ton of eye makeup, of but didn't look like she painted it on or something. Yeah, the Studio Fifty Four Jet Set crew. Yeah. Who else was in that crew? Bianca Jagger. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love Bianca Jagger. She apparently does a lot of humanitarian type stuff these days. I think she's a good egg. Yeah. You think I would hate her because she's married to my, um, she used to be married to my retro crush, Mick Jagger, but I can't hate on her. I'm just like, good for you. Yeah. Good for you having to be married to him for five seconds. (laughs) I just want to like go and give her a high five and be like, nice work, Bianca. And then she's riding that horse into Studio 54 for her birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like their wedding pictures, it was like, oh my God. I don't know if it was like a peak narcissist thing because there was kind of a joke going around that they each got to marry themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then all of that got me down a rabbit hole. And um, so I had to kind of indulge my nostalgia for all those beauty books I was obsessed with as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I went on thrift books, on impulse, and decided to order a couple of books. I mean, I have to pace myself a little bit. Otherwise, I'm going to just go completely bonkers. But I got a beauty book I remember checking out from the library from Diane von Furstenberg. 
Oh, yes. Diane von Furstenberg, DVF. She of the wrap dress. Yes. And so very 70s. And oh, God, what was it called? Diane von Furstenberg beauty book. What was it called? Oh, yeah. Diane von Furstenberg's book of beauty. Mm-hmm. How to become a more attractive, confident, and sensual woman. Oh. I feel like Tina Belcher may have tried to read that. I'm a strong, smart, sensual woman. <laughs> sensual. Yeah, that was her that was her mantra on Bob's burgers. <laughs> I'm a strong, smart, sensual woman. <laughs> I'm gonna have to post it once I receive it in the mail. I'm gonna have to post it to the Instagram. And then um I got the book from Adrian Arpel, How to Look. 10 years younger. That was a thing back then. I think she's a little more 80s than 70s, but... Um, was she the one that does your colors or something? That's a different... Oh. Carol Jackson, Color Me Beautiful. Because trust me, I did my colors back in the day, yeah, too. Are you a winter or a fall, that kind I'm, of thing? Turns out I was a winter. I thought I was a fall because, you know, I had light brown hair, brown eyes. It was the brown eyes that threw me off. Uh-huh. And then, so I had like so many orangey tinged lipsticks for a long time. It was the 90s. I couldn't help it. And then a colleague of mine was like, you're a winter. I have cooler undertones to my skin, but I'm kind of in between summer and winter. Like I'm not quite a Liz Taylor winter, but I can't really wear watery, wimpy pastels either. Like the pastels I wear have to have some definite pigment to them. Oh, so the other book I got was Adrian Arpel's Three Week Crash Makeover slash Shapeover Beauty Program. Oh, that one was done in 1977. And then the How to Look 10 Years Younger was 1980. So I'm wondering, oh God, so this is going to be, okay, the Rona has really got me. So I thought, my God, what if I attempt this three-week crash makeover shapeover program to see if I can kind of kickstart my Rona glow up or at least help amp it to the next level? Because I'm trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to get back into my workout program before I start school again. And then, um, I don't know. I might just say fuck it and do a bunch of cocaine. That's 70, so. Yeah, there we go. I figure I'm, no matter how much weight I gain or lose, I'm, I'm never going to have any tits. And I really don't want to go through and do a boob job or anything like that because fuck surgery. So I thought, you know, if I do a bunch of cocaine, I'm just going to lean into this whole flat chested aesthetic. All right. I'm just going to do it. Okay. Just cocaine, cigarettes, Harvey Wallbangers maybe, but there we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That was, that was like one hell of a digression. So what's on your list? <laughs> well, we're still in the 70s. Uh, I'm going to pick Annie Hall. Um, I like the idea of androgyny, even though it doesn't work for my personal body type and style, but I like seeing it on other people when they do like an androgynous look. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. And um, Diane Keaton for the movie insisted on choosing her own clothes. So that look oh, was cool. hers. And uh, the whole, the vests and the ties and the high waist, waist slacks, menswear look. Then it was kind of a, an opposite reaction to the whole Halston glamour, sexy, you know, look there. It was... Mm-hmm more intellectual, more quirky, and they use that. They threw the word around a lot, neurotic, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> he's neurotic, she's neurotic, you know, they'd always come up with that. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I've always liked vests, and I don't wear vests because it just doesn't go with my body style, but I like vests. I like the way they it kind of defines your rib cage. I yeah. yeah. I had a few vests in um, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. 
that was kind of the thing. You had your t-shirt, you had your vest. Bonus points if your vest had some little charmy bits on it. Oh, God. Tapestry vests were a thing, too. Oh. The little tapestry printed business in the front and then just solid black in the back. Oh, okay. So party in the front, business in the back was what that was. <laughs> All right. The reverse mullet vest. Yeah. Oh, see, and then I like the whole David Bowie, thin white Duke era. Oh, vest. yeah. You know, I think that was so sexy. Did you watch The Mentalist when it was still on? No. Okay, because um, Simon Baker yeah. did it, and he does the three-piece suit, but without a tie. Mm-hmm. And so he looks super dashing in his vest. Oh. Yeah. He's... And the Joker looks good in his vest. Mm-hmm. I feel like I might need to go out and get a vest. See, you could pull off a vest. Yeah, I have, <laughs> um, I have a couple of blazers. I have a purple, like, velveteen one. Mm-hmm. And then I have a chocolate brown pinstripey one, too. So I might have to stick those in the dry L bag and freshen them up a little bit. Hmm. So I'm trying to go for my academic teacher clothing now. I think a sheer blouse, a sheer short sleeve blouse Mm -hmm. with a nice velveteen vest that's very fitted. Oh, that sounds nice. Kind of hot for teacher kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) I might have to... I might have to table the sheer for the classroom because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But, oh my God. So, um, my whole thing, I've decided, I think I might want to go for like gothic school marm or gothic librarian as my oh. teacher aesthetic. So, uh, pencil skirts. Mm-hmm. Pencil skirts. Um, of course, lots of black. Um, thin, you know, like the, um, not skinny pants, but, you know, just a nice slim straight leg pant. Like chunky heeled ugly shoes, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm That's just kind of a nineties throwback. Then yeah, I'm giving up the ghost on on the little strappy sexy shoes because those shits kill my feet. They always have, always will, and no, I want my ugly chunky heeled shoes. And I kind of just want any excuse to relive my teenage semi goth years. So, but not in a midlife crisis, the mutton dressed as lamb kind of way. <laughs> so I want something that's fun but still like age appropriate. Age appropriate without like going, oh my God, I give up. Because I hate that fashion advice that they give you. Like, oh, you're over 40. Wear classic clothes. Make sure your makeup is neutral. Blend in with the scenery so nobody has to look at you again. Yeah. And fuck that shit. Nobody wants to see your saggy skin. Yeah. (laughs) So don't wear shorts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So fuck it. I'm gothing it up. All right. There we go. Leaning into the elder goth years. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so any hall and the vest and the digressions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's all I have to say about Annie Hall. Because after all, it is a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Woody Allen. Okay. So speaking of nostalgia and my misspent youth and thrifting. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember the show Clarissa Explains It All? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Clarissa was total costume inspiration when I was a teenager. Yeah. Starting in um, ninth grade. Yeah. That was about the time I stopped giving a fuck about fitting in and whatnot. Okay. So D-Light ruined conformity for me forever. I discovered that Groove is in the Heart video. Oh yeah. Big eyeliner, those big headbands, the printed cat suits. Yep. I'm like, Oh my God, she is amazing. I want to be her. I would like to be Lady Miss Kira Kirby. Thank you very much. So I just started really leaning into the whole thrift shopping thing. 
and like the kids at school make, would make fun of me and I'm like, fuck it. And yeah. let's see. Yeah. I, that's when I started experimenting with my winged liner. Mm-hmm. I got a little, little too crazy with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, um, Clarissa explained it all kind of, um, inspired a lot of my shopping too. Cause she kind of carried on that basic aesthetic, mm-hmm. a lot of vests, yes, a lot of vests, a lot of, um, shorts, but with like tights underneath. Oh yeah. I remember that look. Yeah. That's yeah. a good look. I mean, I really didn't give a fuck what people were thinking about my style, but also I was still a little self-conscious about having pasty white legs. Mm-hmm. So the whole tights under shorts thing was a godsend. Mm-hmm. Like that is a godsend aesthetic. So, you know, I was kind of duplicating that look. Um, she had Doc Martens. I was too broke for Doc Martens. So I got like the Mock Martens from Payless. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. Did they have a Susie's deals where you lived back in the day? No. Oh my God. Okay. So this was in Redlands and um, their store was like, I guess it'd be on par with Dee Dee's discounts. Everything was like $10 and under. Wow. So of course, you had a lot of nine ninety nine stuff too. But I would, um, God, I'm so glad I discovered that store because I had to buy my own school clothes, but I was broke. And so I'm like, okay, I can do that. But nobody laughs at you for shopping there like they would if you had to shop at Kmart or something. Okay. And plus, they had some stuff that was still kind of trendy and whatever that I wanted to wear. So I got a lot of stuff there from Susie's Deals, um, thrifted some stuff. I kind of feel like... Um, that aesthetic has come back pretty hardcore because I see a lot of like teenagers and like early 20 somethings trying to mimic that 90s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know I've officially become old. I'm like, oh God, I remember that when I was your age. Oh no. <laughs> I feel like the Visco girls these days are trying to dress like Clarissa. Aww. Like one of my friends was describing the look as, ooh, me in the 90s, but with a hydro flask. <laughs> okay. What about like masks being a fashion statement now? Oh, yes. Um, Where are you going? You're spinning. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to put some stuff in into the recycler. So I'm giving you this Blair Witch camera effect. Uh, yeah. For my listeners who will never see the video, I'm moving my computer around. I have stuff I'm multitasking. But yeah, I'm kind of grateful about the mask as fashion statement. If it makes people who are reluctant to wear a mask, mask the fuck up. I think it helps. Yeah, then by all means. Yeah. I got one from Etsy. It has um, Jamie Gum on there from Silence of the Lambs. And then the um, little slogan on the other side says, it puts the mask on its skin or it gets phase one again. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. But I've been making a few masks as well. Yeah, I bet. I got um, a complete disco glitter mask, <gasps> silver glitter it's just oh, pure glitter. Beautiful. I'm super jealous of it. Yeah. And then I got a Mexican embroidery mask. <gasps> it's black with all this bright, bright Mexican embroidery. Oh my God. That sounds beautiful. I have one with a little plague doctor face on it. it. says, don't stand so close to me. Oh. But I've been going through a lot of my, um, like my fabric, like where I don't have enough to make a big project but it's enough to make a mask. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of quilting cotton that I found in in like various remnant spins and whatnot. So that's... I, I feel that piping is really underused in masks. I would like to see more piping. Hmm. I have to refresh my piping technique. So I've been kind of going through all of my quilting cotton. I found some like cute little vintage prints too from my thrift store days. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, bright and cheery masks. Good. 
that's going to go somewhere with that. And then yeah, I'm blaming it on the heat now. Okay. Okay. So we left off at Clarissa Explains It All. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Oh, gosh. I don't have much left. That's okay. I only have two more left. Okay, good. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. And I'm mm-hmm. only going to go with that because at the time, I had just kind of forgotten all about fashion. <laughs> I just didn't really think about mm-hmm. it because of my work. You know, I wear coveralls. But this was so in-your-face fashion. It was like everything. It was like that the fashion montage and everything where they quickly changed their clothes as she's going down the street. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. And, and I liked the character, Andy, who had previously had it was like she had given up on fashion in favor for what's important you know Mm -hmm. her career or whatever writing and then she kind of gets suckered in by Miranda Priestly (laughs) because you know fashion matters you You, know you eat carbs for god's sake fish that Carillion sweater out of that nasty little bin (laughs) 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 that was like me for a while (laughs) yeah and then you know it single-handedly brought back the skinny chain So there you go. There you go. I think it, oh God, I was going to say something about skinny jeans. Like I like a nice slim jean, but like a skinny jean that's like skinny enough to be a legging. Maybe I'm just getting old, but I feel like they're cutting off my circulation. If you have a curvy knees, AKA chubby knees, (laughs) I don't think skinny jeans look good. You know, the super ultra skinny, but yeah, I have to just wear I think the denim has to have enough of a stretch that I don't feel like I'm being strangled. Yeah. Because then yeah. it's a nice layering piece, like if you want to wear a big chunky sweater or yeah. like a tunic or something like that. Because if you wear that with just like a regular straight leg, then it's kind of a frumpy silhouette. Yeah. So if you have something fitted on the bottom, it makes the looser baggier top look like it's a deliberate look. Yeah. I guess that's it. I, I don't, you know. Although if you're like some teeny little Olsen twin, then you're like, I'm so tiny and I'm swimming in my clothes because I'm just a dainty little pixie. Yeah. If you're a dainty little pixie, it's, it's yeah. great. You go ahead and wear that. Yeah. I'm relatively small, but I'm not like dainty little pixie small. Right. I'm just regular chick small. You're not like a naked of two. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just, uh, I don't, I don't care for this ultra skinny jean on men. It makes them look feminine. I don't like that. I mean, unless they're feminine men, and that's... Unless they're like uh, yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> Anything's okay on David Bowie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so Donna and I are going to have... We're putting together a time machine, because um, we're going to go back in time and fuck our retro crushes. Yep. She's got David Bowie. I got Mick Jagger. 68 through 72 is the prime era for Mick Jagger. Mm, yeah, we're going to okay. do, do the tag team thing on that day where um, Angela Bowie caught them banging each other. They so, were not. I don't think they did. They were in my imagination, Donna. <laughs> they were in my reality. <laughs> okay? Okay. And I'm going to tag team that shit, too. All right. <laughs> this podcast is for the A kids. Bowie Jagger sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of this episode, the Bowie Jagger sandwich. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you my drawing of it's like a pre-drawing of David oh. Bowie, so it's just the sketch part. Cool. Before I, before Are you I, sending that to my phone or to my emails? No, to your phone. Okay. 
So I, I have my phone on the charger in the other room. Oh, okay. So you'll get to see the, I got you one of uh, that lady that you like with the high forehead and the Oh, Marissa Berenson. Yeah. Ah, I love Marissa Berenson. Marissa Berenson forever. Yeah. She has that doe-eyed look that was popular. In the yes. God, I love that doe-eyed look. Well, what's funny is um, like all these Facetune filters are trying to um, kind of help you mimic that look. Mm-hmm. Like you do your selfie and then you put it through the Facetune and then you look like you're doe-eyed and you have these like big lips and then oh, this yeah. tiny, tiny chin. And, and a tiny nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't with the filter abuse. <laughs> filter abuse. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, I'm an old, clearly. I'm like, get off my lawn, these young kids and their Facebook filters. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Have fun with your filters. Enjoy that because you know why? Life is short. I'm not going to dunk on anyone for fucking with the filters. That's right. And we're never going to see each other in person again anyways. So we might as well just have like these avatars of ourselves that we present to the world. Exactly. I'm just going to put a Marissa Berenson filter over my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to do that. Okay. I have your, oh, your David Bowie. That's a cool ass sketch. Love it. And Marissa Berenson. Ah, flawless. You know what? I'm going to start catfishing dudes and just send pictures of her. Awesome. Be like, yeah, that's me. We're never going to meet in person. So <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me in real life. Yeah. So you know what? I take back everything I say about filters. Just say, fuck it. Yeah. So um, what was next on my list? Um, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, yes. I remember being obsessed with that movie during my aspiring costume designer days. Ah. And of course, it kind of helped um, to start my love of drag queens. <laughs> so basically, Priscilla, Priscilla was a really low budget movie. So they didn't have a lot of money for the costumes. And let's see, Hugo Weaving's infamous flip-flop dress per IMDb cost $7. Ooh. All of $7. They were originally going to do a dress made of a bunch of old credit cards, all kind of, um, what was I going to say? Overlapped or like tied Yeah, like, like hanging together like you would like when you're making chain mail. You hole punch it, you put a little ring in it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they were going to do something like that. But then like the credit card companies were like, no. I don't want to authorize that. I don't want our name on it, blah, blah, blah. Huh. But um, It would have been like a palette dress. It would have been. Yeah. The one lady who did the costumes, she ended up wearing the gold Amex card dress to the Oscars when she collected her best costume Grammy. Nice. Yeah. Although as I was doing a deep dive into the costume thing, one article from The Guardian says the costumes were made, quote, with the help of Long Bay prison inmates. Hmm. Like, ooh, prison labor doing those costumes. Now I kind of feel some type of way. Maybe they were prison queens, though. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to have to make myself feel better about that. Maybe they're just like, fuck it, it's a good cause. Although, um, there was a... I can't even talk straight today. So there was a pom-pom dress that Guy Pierce's character was wearing, and apparently a crafts teacher had her students do it. Oh. So it kind of helps to know teachers. Teachers are valuable. So that was my little quickie bit on Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and all the costumes. So watch that movie, everybody. Yeah. It is fun and amazing. Well, speaking of drag queens, you know, I also like, uh, was that Two One Foo? Thanks <gasps> oh, for everything. Oh, yes. Julie Newmar. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of costume changing in there. Oh, yeah. And Patrick Swayze was in yeah. that. He made a great drag queen. He did. 
that was hilarious i'm like wait what vita, miss vita bohem yeah <sighs> we missed you patrick swayze thank you let's have a moment of silence for the man that got us through puberty <sighs> okay talk amongst yourselves talk amongst yourselves <laughs> okay and then last but not least mad men ah there you yeah. go I know there's some people out there that make a point of mentioning that they don't watch ga- that they didn't watch Game of Thrones back when it was kind of hot. Yeah. And I never watched it because it's just um, number one, I don't have HBO. Number two, there seemed to be like a lot of rapey shit in there. And I wasn't fond of that. But I wasn't going to be a dick about I don't watch Game of Thrones as if it were a point of pride. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to dunk on people for having their TV fandoms because I was like that with Mad Men back in the day. <laughs> I was like obsessed with that show. I would share um, login information because I, I didn't have cable or nothing. But um, if I had friends with cable, I'd be like, give me your login information. I'm going to catch up on Mad Men. Yeah. So I would watch Mad Men. So and Did you like Betty Draper? Or which um, did you like oh, God, I loved all of their stuff. Okay. So Joan, of course, had all that va-va-voom business going on. Mm-hmm. She was like secretarial bombshell. Yeah. And then, of course, I like Betty Draper's little Grace Kelly confections from early on. Yeah. And then in later seasons, she was really starting to lean into that rich bitch look that was very popular in the late 60s. Uh-huh. Those maxi dresses and the big hair and yeah. that Republican senator's wife realness. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have any love for Republican senators, but... The Republican senator's wife aesthetic from the 60s, I'm so all over that. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is going to be my, God, that is going to be my post-retirement look. Because I figure after I've done all that cocaine and yeah. get, like, really super skinny, uh-huh. I'm going to still be skinny. I'm probably going to have osteoporosis because, you know, I'll be malnourished and cocaine skinny. You'll but... be living in assisted living condo. Yes, and I'm going to have my big hair. I don't care yeah. if it's got to be a wig. Yeah. I'm going to have my big hair. I'm going to have my ball gown. I'm just all those maxi dresses, the yeah. eyeliner. And you can wear them to the, you know, down at the dining, the, the, the community dining room downstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on my walker just hoeing it up. Yeah. I'm going to have so much hairspray on that fucking wig. <laughs> it's, nev- it's never going to move. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a whole look going on. So... That is my rich old bitch look, because I figure I'm going to... All right, you got dibs on that. Yeah, and I'm going to harvest the organs of everyone I hate so I can finance this aesthetic. Okay. I have my future to think about. Yeah. So I like that look. I like Jane um, Sterling's second wife. Mm. Um, Season three, like season three, season four, her clothes were kind of wearing her. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, she had a cute aesthetic when she first started out as as a secretary. Then she married Roger Sterling and became a Park Avenue wife. And she had really cool clothes, but they were kind of wearing her. But then season five, she was wearing the shit out of them. Ah. So she would show up, say something snarky, look fabulous, and then exit stage left. (laughs) And Megan Draper, okay, she was a very poorly executed character. Like, I understood the concept of Megan Draper, but the writing for her was super weak. It was it just reminded me of bad fan fiction with like the Mary Sue self-insert character in there. Uh-huh. Ugh, terrible execution. However, her wardrobe was amazing. She rocked that total mod look. Yeah. 
I think I need to kind of find some elements from Mad Men to kind of add into my wardrobe as well. Things that kind of... Yes, a sheath. And note that I didn't say Peggy Olsen because she never got her look right. No. No, she was not a fashionable gal. No. Poor Peggy. Bless her heart. Especially the first season. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All those Peter Pan collars and shit. Oh, they're terrible. But fashion wasn't necessarily a priority for her anyway. Although I do like her stride of pride look after that merger in season six. She was all hungover. Um, She and Roger Sterling were drinking a whole bunch of vermouth. And she strode in with her hangover. She had the sunglasses on, the cigarette dangling from her yap. She had the dress that she wore was really super cool. It's kind of this Mondrian color block. That was one of the few times that she got it right as far as her aesthetic. Good for her. I think that was very in character. (laughs) And it is a hot ass day. So um, my dear listeners, forgive me for any sort of lethargy in my performance because there's going to be a heat wave that's due next week and I am against this. All right. You just get yourself a nice mint julep. I will do that. And my fan, I have a bunch of fans that I can just kind of carry with me and fling open. Yeah, that's the menopause fan. I am just running out of steam today. I'm going to go jump in my kiddie pool. Oh my God, that sounds glorious. I need to get a kiddie pool. I'm probably going to have to douse Holly. We used to douse Charlie a lot because when he was getting, like when he was really getting old, he was getting a lot more sensitive to the heat waves. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd have to douse him a couple times a day when it was really hot like this. So it's like I wanted to cool him down, but also I didn't want him running around like a new, new head because he would do that if he got soaked. Yeah, his dogs do. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want him overheating. So it's like, oh, which one do I do? (laughs) I figured it was a little more important to cool him down. Ah, My poor little guy. But Holly, on the other hand, she's a little bit lower me little bit lower maintenance right now, but I'm probably going to have to douse her because she got a lot of fur. Yeah. Put her in the kiddie pool. Yeah. Put her in the kiddie pool. Give her some little floaties. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be super cute. So I think we have a lot of material for wrapping this. Wrapping it up. Yeah. yeah. Wrapping it up. So thank you for tuning in to this Rona recording of Procrastination Planet. I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Donna Hart. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight. Our logo is designed by Sea Trojan of Sea Trojan Art. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn, courtesy of Jumendo Licensing. Check us out at procrastinationplanet.com. Over there, you can catch links to our bonus content for every episode, as well as links to our Patreon and our Teespring pages. All other sound at Procrastination Planet is courtesy of Charlie and Holly, our official podcast puppies. Don't forget to drop us an email at procrastinationplanetpod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing.